Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about stop focusing on what you can't control and focusing on what you can. We, as we embark on a health journey, it can feel really daunting. It can be filled with questions and overwhelm and this sense of not really knowing where to start, where to begin, because it feels like there's too many changes that we have to make all at once to get to where we want to be. A lot of times on the show, we talk about trying to simplify this process. And part of that is focusing on what we can control versus what we can't control, especially if you're a fellow control freak. So at times, I think we may find ourselves fixating on things that we can't control and forgetting that there are quite a bit of aspects of things that we can control And also being mindful of where you are in your life right now and knowing that just because you can't control some of the things that you'd like to right now doesn't mean that you're out of the game. It just means that you have to just focus on what you can do and know that that's enough because that's all you can do right now. And that if you can keep doing those things consistently, that's where the benefit lies. Because in the future, it's going to help you build those habits when you are ready or it's within your control to do the things that you are trying to embark on to achieve. So in this episode, we are going to really dive into the elements of your health journey that you can influence Um, and reminding you that we are each in a we are each on our own journey we are at different pathways in our life we have different ages and we have different circumstances that are unique to us and so the key is to not focus on what someone else is doing because their circumstances may be completely different than yours so the key is to focus on the present and what that looks like for you and understand what's in your particular control today and how that what you can do today, no matter how small, can evolve into health changes that are long lasting in your future. So let's talk about what are some of the things that you can concentrate on today. One caveat to this is knowing that there is a responsibility that you have when it comes to your health, right? Um, I think sometimes a a lot of times, it feels so overwhelming that I think we have this idea like that we're just going to kind of give up. Um, And I want to just kind of give you some motivation here that anything that you want to achieve, no matter how small, they're going to feel like some things that aren't in your control, but certainly there are some things that you can do. So I hope that makes you feel like a little bit more empowered and a little bit more like you have control of what it is you're trying to achieve. So I think as part of this process, it's really breaking it down into what's controllable, what isn't. Usually the things that aren't controllable are things like the way that you came into this earth and the things that are more controllable are lifestyle factors. A lot of times I think we get caught up in this idea of like, well, my parents had this particular disease, so I'm going to get it too. Not realizing that perhaps there is a component in here um, or an environment, an environmental part in here that is actually within your control. And so I just wanted to state the obvious um, and let's talk about the things that we can't control. You can't control the biological factors like your gender. 
you can't control race. We know that there are certain races that are going to be more predisposed for different diseases. Um, but it doesn't mean 100% that you will get those diseases because there are some things that are within your control. There is your age, you can't control that. Your family history, so that is not within your control. That is what your what has happened to your relatives um and there's not a lot that you can, can that you can change in that and then the last thing and this is a really interesting point is is your is your genetics right so you're born with this like unique unique set of dna that may predispose you to certain conditions that you can't change and you may you know i think all of us if we look at our genetics um, and if we look at our family history too, there's going to be certain diseases there that you're probably a little bit worried that you're going to get. Um, if you are, I think where I see this a lot is it tends to be diseases like diabetes and hypertension, probably because I work in a dialysis clinic and those two diabetes being the first one are most at risk for people developing, um, or being on dialysis. The other time I hear about this is with weight. So a lot of times I'll hear, well, my mom is big boned or, um, or something like that. But when it comes to genetics, what's really interesting is, is that there are some things that we can control, um, in a different way. So like, obviously you can't control how you were, you were made, but I think that there is a component in it in terms of like knowing what your family history is, knowing what your risk is of developing that disease, knowing what lifestyle factors you can control to minimize your risk, or to at least be able to maintain the health that you have now so it doesn't worsen. And as part of that, when it comes to genetics, it's also knowing like, um, you know, kind of like keeping up and understanding and doing doctor's appointments and things like that. So you can kind of see where your progression is and to figure out if there's things in your environment that you can change to help, um, help with that genetic risk. And so give all those things up that you can't control. And then going into now some of the things that you can control, these more lifestyle factors, knowing that maybe right now you can't control all these lifestyle factors, and maybe you just focus on the ones that you can control. So one of the first things that we're going to talk about is sleep. Obviously, we know that, and we've done lots of podcast episodes about sleep, we know that adults hopefully it can get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Maybe you require less. Everybody's different, but that's kind of the the recommendation. We know that sleep deficiency is linked to many chronic health problems, including um, heart disease, overweight obesity, um, stroke. There's just lots of different things, anxiety, depression. And we also know that we are in a culture where probably most people don't get that much sleep. And perhaps you're in a time in your life that you have little kids and you it's not possible for you to get seven to nine hours of sleep. Or maybe you're taking care of sick relatives and you're a caregiver. For whatever reason, there could be a t- there could be a time in your life, and maybe it's right now that you can't control the amount of sleep. 
And so what I would say to you is if that's not something that you can prioritize right now, then don't prioritize it. Obviously you're going to feel better if you get more sleep, but there may be other things This might be something that you can't control right now. And so what I would say is, is to kind of have this in the back of your head and get to a place where when you feel like that this is something that's possible, that this is something that you then start to concentrate on. But don't feel like you have to do, like I think we as like, I am a health professional, right? So it's like, I'm always trying to bring you things that like are going to help with your health and to improve it and to make you feel better. But sometimes I think all of these things that we have to achieve kind of get in the way and leave us feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm failing in everything. And I think as most health professionals, like health, health educator, like that's not... Like I feel overwhelmed by all the things that I have to do or that I feel like I have to do when I hear other people talk. And so it's just this way of being like, okay, like what is realistic for you right now? And if sleep is not something that's realistic for you, then maybe it's not realistic for you. But also being like honest with yourself. A lot of this health journey is about that. Like I know there's days when I can get more sleep than I don't because I am maybe not using my time wisely. And so then I'm up you know, maybe I'm scrolling too much and then I'm wasting two hours, but I could have gotten that to sleep. I could have used that to sleep. So really getting to a place of being like, okay, like I can achieve this or I can't. And then when you feel like you're in a place that you're either ready to, or, um, life kind of opens up a little bit more that you can concentrate on sleep, then certainly it's only going to be in your benefit to get more sleep. Now, diet is something that's also it's in your control. And we talk about that all the time here. And there's so many recommendations. They're always changing. And I think most people have a pretty good understanding of what your food intake and what are the things that are going to help you um, improve your mood, improve your health. Usually the recommendation blanket statement is just focusing on like meals that are balanced, that you get some protein with every meal, whether it be um, animal protein or, or plant protein. So whether that looks like, um, meats and chicken versus, you know, your like plants and fish and nuts and things like that. Also making sure that you get whole grains, that you get your fruits and veggies and that you get your healthy fats. You need all those things to function. But I do recognize that everybody is going to be different, right? So some people are going to be able to have to restrict different things and some people aren't going to have to restrict that. So what I would say to you is that if you're somebody who like really simplify this as much as possible for yourself, like really trying to figure out what it is that is modifiable for you. So if you're somebody who has a strong history of diabetes, then I would say to you, you know, maybe you want to focus on, if you can't focus on everything when it comes to health, because nobody can, focusing on something as quick and simple as how much, you know, refined carbohydrates you're eating, how much, how much junk you're eating, how much processed food you're eating, how much, um, when we talk about refined carbs, it usually ends up being like cookies, donuts, pastries, things like that. That's what's going to have the immediate impact and raising your risk of, um, increasing your diabetes risk. I would also worry about like your soda intake, things like that, right? If you're somebody who has high blood pressure, for you, I would focus on things that are going to worsen your blood pressure. So if you can't control lots of different things in your diet, 
try to at least control how much processed food you're eating. Most people will say, oh, I don't add salt to any of my food. And that's the thing that we know that will make your blood pressure higher. But salt is in everything. So if you're somebody who is high blood pressure um, first and diabetes, first take your medications as prescribed, see somebody to see what your risk is, and then try to control the things that you can control, which is taking your medications and trying to eat foods that aren't going to worsen that condition. I wouldn't worry so much about trying to get everything perfect. I would concentrate on the one thing that you can do that maybe you're having a hard time doing and working on that. So if you are somebody who has one of these diseases, you're not taking your medication, maybe that's the first thing that you do is you start taking the medication medication as prescribed. Next, I would say if you think if there's things that you can do in your diet to make the disease a little bit better or so that your quality of life feels a little bit more like you have control over it, maybe that's where you go. Um, If you are somebody who struggles with inflammatory diseases or autoimmune diseases, you are going to be my people who are probably on some like anti-inflammatory foods and trying to minimize the food that it's going to be a lot of processed or refined because that's probably going to worsen it. So again, trying to focus on, we all know what the bigger health issue looks like and what we need to do, or that's going to kind of give us um, the health that we desire, but maybe focusing on things that you can be consistent with and that you can do right now is where to start. Because with food, there's so many variables to it. There, We focus on all these things, I think, that produce a lot of noise, but it's really trying to get to how to simplify this process for ourselves as much as possible. You know, like, I feel like I get in conversations with people about like, oh, do I need to eat organic or not? Well, I wouldn't do organic unless you start eating more fruits and veggies, which maybe you're only not even eating any fruits and veggies in a day or maybe one. So what I would say to you is to simplify it. Like first, let's start eating the fruits and veggies and then you can get into doing the organic if that becomes important to you. Um, You know, there's a lot of things with food that is noise. Like I feel like, you know, like um, how many meals should I eat in a day? Should I intermittent fast? All those things. And they're all within your choice. But I think the bigger thing is, is trying to figure out like, what are the things that are going to make you feel good? What are the things that you have access to? What are the things that you can control in terms of money? Because obviously food and money and what people can afford, they're all linked, right? And so really trying to figure out what is within your control and to simplify that as much as possible for yourself when it comes to food. Um, and if you're really like struggling, obviously I would consult with a dietitian because that's who's trained to um, help you with this, to modify it based on your life and your schedule and where you are right now. And of course, I'm a dietitian, so I recommend you see other dietitians too. All right, physical activity, something you can control. The recommendations, 150 minutes of physical activity, such as walking per week. And I know that this is like a blanket statement and it sounds simple, right? But one of the things that happens, I think, is like we feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to make all these changes. So something has to 
has to be sacrificed here, right? And a lot of times it ends up being physical activity. And so what I would say to you is that if this isn't something that you can focus on right now, then don't focus on it. I I think you all know the story by now that when I was pregnant with my son, I fractured my hip. That was six years ago. I finally got a hip replacement this year. But for those six years, I tortured myself on like, I should be getting more exercise. I should be doing this. And I would try to do all these things, but I couldn't do it because I was non-weight bearing or I was just pushing myself too hard. But instead of focusing on the things that I could control, like my stress level or how much was I emotionally eating because I was distraught that I couldn't do physical activity, I, I would just keep trying and trying to do physical activity when I couldn't do it. And I worried about it all the time. And maybe you're in a place like that. And by the way, like for me, there was an end point, right? A hip replacement. But for some people, like there isn't an end point. There is something that's a little bit more permanent. And so maybe you don't, you focus on physical activity right now. Maybe what's a little bit more in your control is focusing on what you're eating and how much sleep that you're getting and knowing that that's okay. You don't have to achieve hundred percent perfection on all of these categories. You're just trying to figure out like, okay, right now I can do this, but I can't do that. And being clear with yourself, because once you have that conversation with yourself, I think it really will start to empower you to really work on the things that, that you can do as opposed to feeling overwhelmed and not doing any of the things. Um, you know, again, it's this, that you're in this place that you're starting to keep your yourself feeling that you are empowered by what you're doing, not that you're concentrating on all the things you can't do, because then you're going to feel really disempowered and overwhelmed and you're going to have an inability to move forward. And you're going to feel like you're not making any changes or making any improvements on your health. And that's not the goal. The goal with this information is for you to figure out like, okay, right now I can do this, but I can't do that. And knowing that that's okay, because it's not forever, it's just for right now. One of the big ones, I think, for a lot of people is stress management. So stress management is so important because we live in this culture of rushing around and anxiety and depression and feeling disconnected from ourselves, from our family, from our friends. And this constant state of feeling like that you're in fight or flight leads to more inflammation, more hormonal imbalance. And so it's really trying to figure out if you're in a place, can you, especially if you can't do any physical activity, like are you able to do something to help minimize your stress? Because I think that stress management and physical activity kind of go hand in hand we, a lot of times we may start off doing physical activity with how we look or how we want to look, but ultimately I think it really impresses upon how we feel. And so if you're not able to get that feeling of like, um, I feel so good and I feel so much more energized and I feel connected with myself by doing physical activity, then trying to find some kind of outlet for that stress that you have will hopefully allow you to reconnect if you're unable able to do physical activity. Or if you just have a really demanding job, you just kind of need an outlet for that stress so that you're not putting it into something else. Um, and that could be any way. And, you know, we could do 
journaling, gratitude journal, or just journaling in general, or meditation, anything that comes in like the thought for you is self-care, that's probably what I'm talking about in terms of stress management. So trying to figure out if you're in a place that you can grab something or that you can think of something that will help alleviate that stress for you, whatever that looks like. The last two things I'm going to talk about are mindset and free time, what you're doing in your free time, because I think that's probably the most controllable of all these factors. But first, let's talk about mindset, because mindset is this foundation for any change that you're trying to achieve. So even when we talk about like, okay, let's figure out what you can control and what you can't, mindset here is part of that. Because mindset is this this foundation of like, where are you coming at this when we're talking about our health? Are you feeling like you can do something or you can't do something? And mindset's important here because a lot of time with mindset, there is past experiences, there's these this like blame and shame and self-hatred and all these things that um, come into play here. And if we're coming at, I think mindset is something that we don't think about because we have just been this way our whole life, but it's a very controllable factor. So it's one of those things that just because you have these beliefs about yourself doesn't mean that they're true. Um, Just because you tell yourself these things doesn't mean they're true. And knowing that for any growth to happen, you kind of have to explore where you are in your mindset. I'm not telling you that you need to change your mindset today because certainly that is a journey in and of in and of itself. Um, And it probably will be easier to drink water than to be thinking about your mindset. But just kind of having this in the back of your mind that this is something that you can probably practice or just kind of have an idea of where you stand and if you feel like you need to address it. A lot of times when it comes to mindset, it, you know, I think the first step is just kind of looking at like where you're coming at things. Are you coming at it like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. I can't do it. I'm just going to not do it. Or are you coming from a place like, okay, let me kind of hear what you're saying. And then I can decide what I need to do or what I can control moving forward. And either way is fine. It's just kind of having an understanding of where you are right now and examining that mindset and trying to figure out when you're ready, what's shaping your beliefs about who you are, about your potential for change, about your potential for any behavior change. And knowing that having and knowing what your mindset is when it comes to those things is going to be important for really achieving the goals that you want to. And if you feel like you are ready to explore that, either you know start to immerse yourself into things that are going to enhance your mindset instead of leaving you feel like that you have to be this way because this is who you are. And then if you feel like you need to explore it further, obviously, you know, trying to figure out if you need to seek out the help of a therapist, I see a therapist, it's been life-changing, so I always encourage it for others. And then lastly, what we talked about is this free time management. So probably the biggest behavioral or lifestyle factor that you can change is how you spend your time. And most people will say that they don't have a lot of time, that they can't maybe do physical activity, that maybe they can't get enough sleep. 
But I want you to just really try to figure out how much time that you're spending on social media platforms, in front of the TV, on your computer, doing things that aren't going to help you with your lifestyle changes that you're trying to make. Um, I don't know about you, but when I see my average iPhone averages of how much time I'm on my phone, I am always shocked and a little bit like, holy shit. So obviously there's room for improvement for most of us when it comes to that. I mean, at least there is for me. So when I was looking through research studies about free time management, what's so interesting is, is that the studies show that, um, on average, each person spends about 147 minutes on social media each day. And not surprisingly, that's up from previous research. So that is for most of us, we are spending over two hours a day on social media. And if you are in a place that you are feeling like, oh my gosh, my life doesn't feel like is in my control. And I feel like I don't really know where to go with things. Maybe this is where you start. Maybe that you free yourself up some time and try to figure out ways to minimize this two hours that you may be spending on social media per day. Some of the research also suggests that if you're able to limit your social media to 30 minutes per day, it can really start to improve your physical and mental health. And so, you know, if that sounds like that is a little bit not in a place that you're ready to go from two hours to a half an hour, then maybe you start thinking about ways that you can decrease your social social media coverage or just any time spent on electronics by a little bit each week. And then over time, hopefully you can get it under that two hour mark of screen time per day. And knowing that your free time is within your control and that you can be on there as much as you want daily, but to know that if there's other things that you want to focus on, like getting more sleep or feeling like you want to work on your mindset or feeling like you want to try more physical activity or get more sleep, that this is maybe the place that you start with in order to start freeing your time up so that you can do some of the other things that you're really looking into. When I think of free time management, I think for a lot of us, it's like this way of numbing and comforting and meeting some need that perhaps we we aren't getting met or maybe we are avoiding. Um, certainly that's been the case for me. And so when I look back on my health journey, I think I point this out because a lot of times there were things that I couldn't control, right? So I couldn't really move, but I could control what I ate. And so that was always something that I was good at, except what would happen would be that I would end up spending so much time in my feelings and it would lead me to like overeating. But it was also because I was spending a lot of time on like social media and watching Netflix because it was a way to comfort myself. And I'm not saying that like, those things aren't good. But if I was just like honest with myself and I just gave myself permission to like watch Netflix, then I wouldn't have been like dragging my feet at trying to do a whole bunch of things that I wasn't ready to do. And, you know, I could have maybe really enjoyed just sitting there and watching Netflix and knowing that this is the season that I'm in instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm failing at everything. Let me eat my feelings away because I'm failing. And so as you can see, like they're kind of interrelated and it's just this way of, of 
really getting yourself to a place that you can let go of the things you can't control and that you can enjoy and do the things that are within your control today. Don't focus on what you can't do um, tomorrow. Just focus on what you're able to do today and then just move forward because I guarantee you there's way more things that you can control than, than that you can't control. And those things that you can't control no matter how small they seem, are going to make an impact. Because if you're able to do those things and you're able to do those things consistently most days of the week, no matter how small they seem, they're going to get you to where you want to be, even if you're not there right now. So in conclusion, just knowing that there's a lot of factors that are going to um, either be within your control or without your control when it comes to your health journey. Um, but really trying to not get into that all or nothing thinking and really starting to be real about some of the things you're telling yourself about your limitations and starting to really figure out what it is that you can do today to get to, to make little changes to get to your ultimate goal. And remember, it's not about achieving these like grand goals all the time, but sometimes if you're in a place that you can only maintain your health where you are, then that's okay too, because that maintenance will help you prevent further decline into maybe where you were before, or maybe to where you fear being and embracing all of the elements that are in your control and really knowing that those things may shift in the future. And that's just where you are right now. And, you know, it's essential to recognize that if you have a family history of different things, that this genetic predisposition doesn't guarantee the same health outcome and that there is some part perhaps that you can do that can help you understand your role in development of of those diseases so that you can start to move forward one step at a time in the direction that you want to be and that you have control of that. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you feel a little bit more empowered to start to control the things that you can control and to let go of the things that you can't control when it comes to your health journey. I'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks for listening.